This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. This episode is all about how you can increase your impact with the one thing. It's been interesting. Since the book was released and since we launched the training company behind the book, we've seen what it looks like for thousands of you across the globe to start implementing the principles. When we ask you why you decided to take that step and go beyond content and consumption, but to actually living the one thing, when we ask why, what we've heard is usually you wanted to have more productivity in your professional life, or you wanted something to change in your personal life. Maybe you wanted to bring it into your organization. Yet once you go down the path, pretty quickly you start to realize something. There's no way you succeed alone. Gary Keller says it, no one succeeds alone. And very quickly, we see people realize that there are many people in their world that they care about, that they just wish they too could live the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Today is going to be an episode of One Man's Journey to Discovering the Principles of the One Thing. He actually did not come across the book first. He came across one of our training platforms called Living Your One Thing. It's our membership community behind the book because we realize people often need a community that thinks and speaks the same language. He started there. And then he started attending our events. And then he got to the book and the podcast. And in a very short period of time, he has amassed a following in his community who he has empowered to begin living the principles of the one thing as well and the impact it's made for them. Before we get into the episode, we want to give a quick shout out to two people. Um, First is to Tim Beverlin, and the second is to Wyatt Graves, who you're going to meet here today. Both of them recently in the last week went out of their way to tap their network very specifically for people that they know needed to hear and start living these principles. And they made the connection to us. We've had the opportunity to connect with those people and are now able to bring the principles of the one thing into their lives and their organizations as a result. So we want to thank you for the referrals. It is the lifeblood of our business and it's, it's, it's the mission we want to leave. And it helps us fulfill our purpose of helping people transform the way they view time. So thank you. If you're someone who's listening to this and you realize that there's other people in your world that need To hear these principles, consider sharing this episode with them or sending them the book or pointing them to one of our training programs on the training page at theonething.com. With that, let's get into this episode with Wyatt Graves. How did you come across the one thing to begin with? Sitting at home one evening, surfing Facebook, and I saw an ad. No kidding. Yeah. Clicked on the ad, and it led me to the to the one thing world, and the rest is history. So, walk us through what was going on in your life prior to the one thing, and what changed immediately. In August of 2016, we in our community suffered a historic loss from an unprecedented flood. And so over 100,000 houses and businesses flooded. And of course, my home was one of them. And uh, spec houses were, were part of my business that flooded. And essentially, I found myself 
having to question, what am I going to do for a job? And I ended up taking uh, a, a job for the first time in my adult life and abandoning the vision of being a business owner. Um, I had always had a lot of irons in the fire. I've always been a, a go-getter and taking on opportunity after opportunity to you know, go out and become somebody someday. And because of the flood, all that changed. And so I was working for somebody else and I had a great opportunity. It was a great job. And we had just rebuilt our house and we were sitting on the couch one night and surfing Facebook and saw the ad and I clicked on it. And basically, Jeff, it helped me understand that I am born to be an entrepreneur. That's who I am. And I decided that I needed to get back in that lane. And I felt like with the framework and the content that I was learning about through the one thing that I could do it a lot different if I start over use and use that framework. And so coming out of the flood in August of 2016 and, and sort of recovering from all those losses. And it was June or July actually of 2017 that I made the decision that I was going to uh, resign from that job, which was a great job, great opportunity. Um, but it wasn't what I was destined to become. And so I decided that I would resign from that and go back into my entrepreneurial mode and start afresh come the end of that year, the start of 2018. I, so I'm, I'm confused now. So you had the flood, you saw the ad. What did the ad take you to? Clicked on a Facebook ad and it brought me to a page, Living Your One Thing. And I began to explore the resources um, at that site. And I learned of the community that's behind this book and just became fascinated with it and all the things that it promised to add to my life. And I dove in fee first and ended up learning about the membership opportunity, immediately subscribed to it. And from there, started going through some of the classes, learned of another class took that class and started applying all of the lessons in my own life. And probably, Jeff, one of the biggest things that immediately stood out to me was forecasting and, and envisioning my goals, my someday goals, specifically around key relationships. And the thing that happened is when I looked at where I wanted to be someday from now, in the key relationships of my life and then backtrack it through the goal setting to the now process. What I learned is that I need time with those people that matter most to me. Mm. Because if I don't spend time with them today, then there won't be a relationship in 20 years from now. And so it just put me on this quest of how do I, how do I find more time? How do I accomplish the goals that I want to achieve in work and yet find the time to spend with those that I love that are close to me. So right. what, what has become possible as a result of investing in these trainings? You know, as I was going through those trainings, I realized that 
I was destined to become an entrepreneur. That's who I am. And I needed to pursue that path. And so started to, to get organized. And I used the goal setting to the now process um, to understand what was the highest priority for me at the time and sort of created the action plan as a result to put things in, in, into motion to, to get back to where I wanted to be. That led me to the goal setting retreat and that I needed to go. Um, you know, at the time, I really thought a goal setting retreat, that's silly. Um, why do I need that? I can set goals. I've set goals my whole life. Uh, but I, you know, I decided to just go all in. I registered for uh, the retreat. I, I even upgraded my ticket to the VIP status so that I could network and meet other people that were as intentional and serious about goal setting and being intentional as I was. So I registered for the retreat. I think it was in November. Attended the retreat. And by the end of 2017, I had been able to resign from the job that I took after the flood and was beginning to put together and assemble my new team for my new business that would launch January 8th of 2018. And that's what we did. So you fast forward. Uh, it's crazy to me that you came across all the trainings before you read the book or the podcast. You just dove in. Yeah. But what I'm hearing you say is that you got real clarity about who you were. You know, it seems like so many of us end up in circumstances, whether it be professional or personal, like we just got there by chance. It's just one thing after another, and all of a sudden we're in this job. Here you are after a flood, you're in a job and you get pulled back to realize I'm destined to be an entrepreneur. And what I really respect is that you just kept taking action one step at a time for you to eventually be able to quit the day job to launch your business. Now you fast forward um, another full year. You attended the retreat again this last November, but this time you brought an army of people with you. Who came with? Anybody that I could remotely share my story with that also wanted to achieve big results. I started talking to people about it when I got back in 2017. And for a year, I would share with people uh, about being intentional and about establishing a framework that would uh, almost guarantee that they would get to where they wanted to be. And so by the time the retreat was uh, scheduled for 2018, I had a list of people that I cared about that I wanted to come so they could experience what I had experienced. Of course, in 2018, we had launched my business. And so I had team members and partners that I wanted to come and uh, experience that environment and those people and the framework firsthand. And so we brought people that were my friends. We brought people that were business owners that had been in my world prior to the flood. I brought uh, some family. I brought my wife, and it was a great time. We have we have all continued since November of 2018 retreat. We it gave us a language. It gave us a way to speak to each other and hold each other accountable, so that we're all helping each other actually achieve some of the results that we're seeking that would not have been even on our radar had some of those people not attended that retreat. So walk us, walk us through that. How was the team engaging prior to coming together and experiencing 
these principles together? I would say the biggest distinction prior to the retreat versus after the retreat is that there was this big line drawn between what we did at work and what we did at home. And so when we were at work, everybody was engaged in that sort of perspective from a work level. But then when we would go home, it kind of fell apart because the people that were in our homes, our spouses and family, they, they didn't, they weren't in the environment where we talk about the things necessary to achieve big results. And so by bringing uh, spouses with us to the retreat, it sort of bridged the gap and it brought our spouses and those that are around us that aren't part of our day-to-day routine. It brought us all to this common place of inspiration and also knowledge on a framework that helps us get where we want to go. What were, because we've heard so many people as we've engaged with them, you know, they have an interest in in starting to implement the principles, whether it be a goal setting retreat, weekly four one ones, and yet the person they want to do it with, they really doubt if they'll even go along. Was everybody in your group gung ho and ready to go, or did you have to do some convincing? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I'll speak for from a wife. She's she's um, she's not really been the one or the kind of person that was excited about setting goals, right? And I've, I've always been a, a goal-oriented um, person and, and she's not really ever been. But leaving the retreat or actually just being at the retreat and being among the speakers that you had on the stage that share their story, man, I got to tell you too, one of the speakers was there this last go-round with his wife and he was at the first retreat with me. And I didn't have my wife. And so when I was able to hear their story as a couple one year later, and Janae, my wife, was able to hear their story, gosh, I wish I would have brought Janae to the first one, you know, Mm -hmm. because what they were able to achieve just by being intentional and having the framework and the community that's constantly pouring into our minds and our day-to-day actions to hold us accountable, to inspire us, to keep us with, with that fresh content of persevering and saying no to distraction. Man, it was just really inspirational to me, but also to Janae. And the couple that you're referencing is John Schumacher and Carol Stack, which we had on episode 162 of this podcast. The title is, You Can Be Anywhere You Want in the Next Five Years. So if you, or if you want you and that other person to hear the story, you can go and listen to that. What about your team Was or, or your friends? Were, were, was everybody just gung-ho like, yes, we're going to go because I'm a goal setter? Or did some of them have concerns or have to place some blind faith in you? We had some some that were super excited about going because we've recruited some some folks that are like-minded and, and they're they're seeking a, a better way of living. And then I, I would say that we had a couple that, you know, they weren't really fired up about it. They weren't they didn't go kicking and screaming, but they weren't they weren't fired up about it simply because and here's the thing, Jeff, we are so busy in our day-to-day lives with kids, with spouses, with work, with ball to fit another something in our schedule is just so challenging sometimes. And so to take a trip to Austin, Texas 
and dedicate a weekend to goal setting, it just wasn't convenient for, for some of the people, you know? And so they, they thought, you know, they had other things that they could, could be doing. And I would say even for them, the clarity that was brought and the inspiration was a great shot in the arm of motivation to get them back focused and centered towards putting things in place that give them the results they want in their life, even with relationships. So I'm curious because I know there's people who are listening to this who have encountered that situation where they've wanted to do something and people come up with excuses for whatever reason. They're just too busy. How did you encourage those people to change their mind? You know, I would say a lot has to do with the language and the words that I use on a daily basis for those that are around me. I'm, I'm super intentional about living my best life and encouraging others around me to do the same. And so I think for the most part, they see that in me and they see that in those that are around me. And you can't help but want a little piece of it. And so I guess over the years, I've developed a, a certain amount of trust among the people that have been around me in my world. And they believe that what I told them, that they just need to come. You just need to come. And I promise you will benefit from it. And that's exactly what happened. Have you heard about Gusto? Gusto's one thing is helping small business owners run payroll and file taxes. Something that for many of us business owners isn't our one thing. And if you're still wearing those hats, you have an awesome opportunity to seek leverage. So many of the old payroll processors out there were not designed for the way that modern businesses operate today. And Gusto is. That's why 90% of customers say that switching to Gusto was easy. 85% of them say running payroll is now easier than it was with their previous provider. And 74% of customers say that it takes them 10 minutes or less to run payroll with Gusto. It's because Gusto was built for small businesses from the start. It works with you. Unlimited payrolls, off-cycle payrolls, multiple states, multiple schedules, you name it. Gusto works with you. Everything in one place, all online, so that you can stay organized and take care of your business. And it integrates with your favorite tools to make your life easier. Tools like QuickBooks, Xero, Google, and more. Gusto's turning old school payroll on its head and it's getting even better. It's why they won Best Online Payroll for 2018. Listeners of the One Thing Podcast can get three free months when they run their first payroll. You can try a demo and see for yourself today at gusto.com slash one. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash O-N-E. Gusto.com slash one. So let's dive into time has passed now. Your wife, your team, your friends, they were all introduced, not only to the principles of the one thing, but the very detailed framework of how you set goals and how you have a relationship with your goals. What does that look like today? I want to start uh, the best example for me personally is with Janae. 
you know, when you cast a vision and then you break it down into the GPS and the 411, even on a personal level, you know, when we talk about the words GPS and 411, it sounds so institutional, you know, but it's so practical even in our relationship. And so we know that for us to achieve the life that we want, we've got to do certain things a certain amount of time. And one of those was a weekly meeting. Mm-hmm. And that came out of the retreat. And as a result, now on Sunday morning, we're meeting. Uh, we call it a weekly momentum builder. And so we meet on Sundays and we are able to review the week ahead. And uh, for us as a family, physical fitness was a priority. We believe that physical fitness is the one thing that would make everything else easier or unnecessary. And so what's it take to achieve the physical fitness goals that we have set for ourselves? And one of the big things is our diet and what we eat. We're always on the go. We found ourselves eating out all the time, uh, more than not. And so we got control of that. And Janae was able to create a meal plan. That was, it was not fun. <laughs> it was not fun. The exercise of researching the meal, putting out, you know, putting together the nutritional components of what we need for breakfast and snacking. It, it wasn't fun, but we learned that it was necessary. And therefore we did it. Janae did it. And so we know for January, I know what we're going to have for an afternoon snack on the 24th of January because it's planned out. And it's sort of creating the right environment that helps the behaviors to achieve our goals. And, and so we've got that posted on our pantry door now. So that's just diet. You know, we're still having our weekly meetings, which helps with our schedules, which helps with our communication, which helps with expectation. It's, it's really been incredible. What do you say to the people? Because I'm listening to that who go... That just sounds so structured and rigid, and that's not me. Well, it ain't me either. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, somebody told me, and I don't know who told me this, just, but freedom is found in structure and routine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not structured either. But if we had not committed the time, and we only had to do it one time, you know, and we did it. And so now it helps us plan ahead. And we know that it is the leading domino that leads to everything else that we want. Everything. So we got to do it. You know, if we're not structured, but we need some structure, we have found more freedom and less headache because of the planning and the structure that we put in place for the beginning of this year. Well, I think the other thing for for consideration for people listening to this is we have gone from um, introduction of principles to where you are today. And there's a lot of dominoes that fell between now and then. Did you literally just go home from the goal-setting retreat and all of a sudden you knew exactly what you were having for snack and lunch and dinner every single day? Was that, a, was that the flip of a switch? <laughs> no, not at all. So it was um, one so you know, it was one thing at a time over time that led to your family having a model and a system for how you plan what you eat so that you can achieve your health goals. 
For sure, man. It took uh, it took us a couple of weeks. I mean, we went to the retreat in November and we launched this for January 1st. I, I guess I would say that I learned, you know, back from the first goal setting retreat that it's not going to happen overnight. It is a continuation of effort, but that's where the community and the podcast and all the support materials have really helped keep me on this path because, yeah, you know, I, I fail often. And we just keep coming back and keep coming back to the lead domino for that day, for that week that leads to the next thing. And so it took us weeks to come to the place where we could sit down and actually put it all together. Mm -hmm. Now it's there and we're going to move on to the next thing. What's an example of how this affected somebody else who came with you, whether it was somebody on your, your business or a friend of yours? What was something that they just didn't think was possible? That all of a sudden, when they're given the right foundation and the right tools and some time to actually implement them, not only did they realize it's possible, but they might not have even been thinking big enough. Yeah, I would point to a young couple that I had been encouraging and speaking into over the last year that came as a couple to the retreat. And they were sort of moving in this direction, but the retreat solidified their decision. And it gave them the dose of inspiration and, and motivation to, to actually make the decision. They got clarity around what they wanted. And again, they were moving in that direction, but it, it just sealed the deal. And so we left the retreat and they ended up buying a business. And the wife is 31 years old and the husband, somewhere around 35, he quit his job. She bought the business. They bought it together for more than $600,000. And now they are completely self-employed, super clear on their goals for 2019, super focused, maintaining a great morning and killing it. I couldn't be more proud of them. But that's just one example um, of what came about after they attended the retreat. They were headed in the direction, but, but they left with a super high level of clarity, solidification, and confidence that this is the route that they needed to take, and they executed when they left. You look at, you look at all the people that you've, you've brought into this world. Because you've truly, you, you haven't just lived it yourself. You've you've embraced what it's really about, which is living yourself, so that you can be an example, so you can turn around and empower others to live it as well. What are the yep. things that you know because you've been so intentional with the principles? You've been so focused on not only doing the trainings, but implement the trainings. What are the things that you know that most people listening to this? They just probably don't because they're skimming the surface. They're just staying at the content consumption level. What are they missing? Well, you got to have implementation or action. You got to have accountability. So I teach the goal setting to the now process all the time uh, with new people that come onto my team. That's where we start. And at the end of the day, what we find is clarity around what's important to us and therefore a priority versus a distraction. And without that conversation, distractions are camouflaged as priorities until you get clear 
And then all of a sudden, it's it's like it's it's super clear and it's revealed to you. Wow, I don't need to do this and I don't need to do that because that is a distraction. It does not lead me to where I want to be or who I want to become. And so it empowers you to make decisions easier because it's no longer uh, even debatable. It's either a distraction or priority, and you just sort of see things through those lenses, which help catapult progress. What I'm hearing you say is that it's easy to read the book, to listen to the podcast, to go, yeah, yeah, love the principles. It's great. It is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. The challenge is until you make a decision and a commitment to being the type of person who implements what you learn, it's really tough to know on a day-to-day basis what a priority is from a distraction. 100%. And that's where I would say the community is part of my environment. And, And we know, right, that your environment, the people that you surround yourself with, they have a huge impact on the behaviors and the degree to which you take action. So to me, the community is genius because it provides people. It provided me with the environment as I was transitioning into this new version of what I focused on, mm-hmm. right? It's not like you can read the book and automatically everybody around you gets it so that so they support you, right? Um, what got you here won't get you where you want to go. So you have to change. And to support that change, you have to get an environment that supports the behaviors to move you forward. Mm-hmm. And to me, the community and the goal-setting retreat and that content helped embrace my environment to support the change. Well, it's one of the four... And the focus. One of the, the four thieves in the book is an environment that doesn't support your goals. Most people, their environment is an environment of circumstance. The job they happened to take in the office they happened to go to, the people they happen to sit next to versus pulling back and being really intentional about this is where I want to go in my life someday from now. And based on that, this is the type of opportunity I need to be focusing on right now. This is the type of environment that I need to be in. And if that's not your current environment, then where else can you get it? And I'm hearing you say that whether it was the the Living One Thing community or showing up to Austin to be surrounded by many of the people who are in the community, that's been your strategy. 100%. What continues to drive you to not only live these principles, but really work toward mastery? I want to help other people become the best version for themselves. And I continue to stay plugged in to master the skills and, and the content so that I can teach and coach and support those around me in my business to achieve extraordinary results for them, or even those people that are not in my business. Just those people, you know, for example, the, the person that used to work for me 
is going to close on some real estate at the end of this month for $1.3 million. And she's like 34 years old. And she's being able to do that because we have worked together and I have pushed her and coached her on being intentional about where she's headed. And she's going to do it. I have a 28-year-old that is in her second home that's specifically designed to become rental property. Her first home, yes, she still owns it. And it's rental property now. And she's 28 years old because I was able to help her become intentional and get clear. And she also, by the way, attended the first goal setting retreat with us. And she came back the second time. And so, you know, helping other people grow and maximize everything they ever wanted, that's my, that's my calling. And so to master this content is my way of, of doing that. I'm curious how you've handled the monotony of success because in both you and the, the woman you just referenced have been to the retreat twice. It hasn't changed. <laughs> it's the same model. We get better at delivering it as we've, as we've done it and engaged with people. But the tools and principles are the one thing. They don't change. Yet here you are, day after day, year after year, doing the same things. How do you endure it? So Jeff, the very first quote that I ever heard that just spoke volumes to me from Gary Keller, most people are unsuccessful because they're unwilling to endure the monotony of success. And when I heard that quote, I got it. I got it because for my whole adult life, I ran from the monotony of success. I ran from it. We talked about structure earlier. I'm not a structured person. And yet what I've learned is that to be successful, there is a certain element of monotony. The thing about the continual engagement in the community and the retreat and the book is that my circumstances change every day. Activities and people and situations, it's changing every day. And to stay committed, to stay engaged, helps me have the clarity back to my goals that keeps me focused and on the straight and narrow path to move forward through all of the noise that everybody around me creates. What questions could someone who's listening to this ask themselves to identify? What's stopping them from achieving better results when it comes to these principles? I think the first question that drives everything else is, what do I want in my life someday from now? And don't just ask the question and find one answer and move on. I think you talked about that in some of the earlier podcasts, actually. Mm -hmm. Sit in that space and ask a deeper question. Ask for a second level answer and dig and sit and, and contemplate and think about what you want your life to look like someday from now. If you use the seven circles as a guide, which I teach that, right? So many times I find that when we ask the question, 
about goals. We're driven to think about finance. But the seven circles goes so much deeper than that, right? And that's, that's sort of how it started for me because I got to the circle of key relationships. And so you got to ask yourself, what do I really want someday from now in key relationships? And any or all of the seven circles. If you find the, the real answer and not just the first thing that comes to your mind, then you will be compelled to take some kind of action. It may not be everything that's necessary to achieve it, but you'll be compelled to take some kind of action. And for me, that's the lead domino. That's the one thing for you at that time. To make this actionable, let's all review the seven circles now. And and for you who's listening to this, because it sounds like a solid call to action for the episode, is to actually, if you can't do it now, block time, however much you can, and ask the question, what do I want my life to look like someday from now as it pertains to spirituality, physical health, my personal life, meaning the things you do for yourself personally, your key relationships, your job, meaning your roles and responsibilities in your job, for your business, meaning if you're a business owner, the one thing you got to do for your business versus if you're an employee, how what you do lines up with the overall mission of the business together. And then for your finances, spirituality, physical health, personal life, your relationships, job, business, finances. What do you want each of those to look like someday from now? And what Wyatt was alluding to in a previous episode is I had heard um, from Keith Cunningham, the mistake people make when they ask a question is the moment they find the first answer, they stop searching. Yet the first answer is not always the answer. So to be the type of person that can ask these questions and do a brain dump, all the things life could look like someday for now in those circles, for you to really ask the question, what does matter to me? And then you take action. And for those of you that want to know what it's like to... Once you get that vision of what you want life to look like someday from now, to the point that you know with what the handful of true priorities are that you absolutely must accomplish this week to be aligned and on track with your someday vision, that's the goal-setting retreat. Go to theonething.com. That's with the number one, theonething.com. Click on the training page and you will see both the master course version if you want to do it from the comfort of your home, or if you want to attend the retreat with us, you'll see it there. Wyatt, before we conclude, we've covered a lot of different angles. I want you to kind of summarize it and put it on a bumper sticker. What have been the things that have made the biggest impact for you along this journey? The two things that immediately come to my mind, Jeff, is the clarity that this process has uh, given me and the environment, the environment that's necessary to help pull it all together and go forth and implement it. So for you who's listening to this, let's ask the question, where do you currently lack clarity? That deep down you really know you need it. What are those areas of your life that if you just had that clarity, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it would make getting that clarity easier or unnecessary? 
for many of you and just from working with thousands of people through our online and corporate training, we know that usually comes down to putting a time block on your planner, sitting down with a pen and paper, asking the question and writing the things that come to your mind. Note that does not mean have email open. That does not mean have the notifications on your phone on or having all these browsers open. And that means you turn off technology. You shut down the computer. You tell the people around you that for the next 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you're focusing on your one thing. And you go and you ask the questions and you search. And when it comes to the environment, for many of us, we get it. Uh, It's not always... You can't always change your work environment. Yet... An environment is not just the physical space. It's the people you choose to engage with. It's the ideas you surround yourself with. This podcast is one of those ways. The online community is one of the ways. The events are one of those ways. The question is, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it would make your environment support your goals? Search for the answer and take action. Why? I just want to publicly acknowledge you for being the type of person that not only took a hold of these principles and lived them, but that you've really made it part of your mission to turn around and empower others to live them as well. Um, I'm just, it's been amazing to see how many people you've impacted and helped in such a short period of time. And I can only imagine what this is going to look like over the next five or 10 years. So thank you. It's been a pleasure and it's been a whole lot of fun, Jeff. Well, there you have it, our conversation with Wyatt Graves. The things that really stand out to me is um, when I asked him why he continues to go on this road to mastery is he knows that all leadership begins with self-leadership. It's really tough to influence your community, the people that you care about, if you're not first and foremost living the principles yourself. Remember one of my first days on the job, Jay told me the fastest way for me to get out of business with him and Gary Keller was to not live the book. If I was not willing to walk the talk, there's no way I could be in integrity with the principles. That doesn't mean that I had to be perfect because I promise you, I've never been perfect. Never had a day where I perfectly acted in order of priority. Every day though, I do try to do better than the day previous. So we'll ask you, are you on your road to mastery when it comes to living the one thing? What do you think would become possible if you were the type of person that every day recognized that, you know what, you're not gonna be perfect but you are committed to doing better today than you did yesterday. What becomes possible when you make a commitment to having clarity on your priorities and so you can say no to the distractions in your world? And what do you really think becomes possible when the people around you, whether that be your coworkers, your boss, your customers, your friends, your significant other, your family, When those people start to understand the same language, I'm focusing on my one thing. I'm in a time block. That's not my priority. I'm sorry, I can't do that right now because I'm focused on what? On my one thing for the week. 
What do you think becomes possible when you all start to speak the same language? The ultimate language of respect. That's what this is. So we'll ask you, who are some people in your world that you really care about, that you think need to hear this message? And for those of you who have gone through trainings with us, whether it be our online trainings like the One Thing Couples Goal Setting Master Course or Living Your One Thing, or those of you who have attended events, or for those of you out there who are our corporate clients, are there people in your world that you think need to experience what you've experienced? If so, send them to theonething.com. That's with the number one in the URL. Tell them to click on the training tab. Or heck, send me an email and introduce me to them. Jeff at theonething.com. And I will personally respond. We are that committed because we are unwilling to accept the status quo. The lives that so many people out there live where they are living a life by default and not a life by design. A life by default, waking up, checking email, showing up at the office, checking email, sitting in meetings that deep down they know they shouldn't be in. And then when they try to get their most important work done, they are constantly bombarded by distractions and notifications. And it's why they look up at the end of the day knowing they were busy, but question if they got anything done. And shifting to a world where we wake up with clarity on what matters most, and we invest every single second like it's our most valuable resource. Because it is. This is the journey we invite you to join us on. Where will you begin? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We appreciate you and we look forward to being with you in the next episode.